I love to read. I, it seems to me from the moment I could do it. And even before. I would badger my older brother to read the comics and the newspaper to me on Sundays and marvel at the fact that a story could be created from those yet-to-be-intelligible marks on a page. I love I love to read stories. Don't get me wrong, I also enjoy reading about theology and psychology and science and politics and family systems and congregational dynamics. But there is a where, if I have gone reading only nonfiction, where I begin to hunger for a story. Really. It feels like hunger. And, indeed, I most enjoy reading about theology and psychology and science and politics and family systems and congregational dynamics when the writers use stories to illustrate their ideas. So both nonfiction and fiction hold stories. It's just that the stories in nonfiction are true and the stories in fiction are non-true. Right? Well, not so fast. First of all, we would have to agree on what who means before we answer that question. I remember being in a writer's group way back when, and the piece that was up for discussion this particular evening was a short story I had written. So when we gathered... One of the first questions was, did this really happen? How much of this is true? Before I could answer, my friend sitting next to me, a writer with a newly published novel, grabbed hold of my arm. Actually, as I recall, sort of threw his arm in front of me as if we were coming to an abrupt stop in an automobile and he was my parent protecting me from smashing my head into the dashboard. And he said, don't answer that. It's completely irrelevant. The story is either true or not. It doesn't matter if it happened. It's either true or not. It doesn't matter if it happens. Stories, art, poetry, music, the free reign of the creative imagination provide truths in a unique, engaging way. Though the details of what happened in the piece may be made up, the underlying awareness may point to something irrefutably real. In that sense, fiction, understood as fiction, can be true. And nonfiction, nonfiction can be a lie. Even when it apparently tells what happens. 
understanding these aspects of the stories we tell, the stories we live out, and the stories we live in, it's always been important. But it feels particularly relevant to this place and time, this place and time above accusations of faiths and conspiracy theories and alternative facts and revisionist history. This place and time when truth had become a matter of stubbornly arrogant determination rather than humble exploration. This place and time when fiction cannot even keep up with the fabrications that pass for reality and non-fiction strains endless imaginations. And it is important for us, we, Unitarian University, to be clear on this because we are explicitly the people of many paths to truth, of direct experience of that transcending mystery and wonder, of the inherent worth and dignity of every person and making space for the stories we each carry. And because of that, it could be said that we have contributed unintentionally, but sometimes carelessly. It could be said that we have contributed to a post-truth world. But we are not actually telling people that the truth is whatever they decide to believe. Are we? That any story Every story is true. I just think about the stories I tell myself, about myself, my life. It is good to know that I'm not locked into a single story or a single interpretation of a story, that any single story can open up into a new perspective, but there is a danger in believing every story I may create. For example, let's go back a few years and say that I haven't finished my homework. Now, I can tell a story of a very irresponsible person with a questionable character who didn't finish his homework because, well, it's just what he would do, or in this case, not do. Or I can tell who chose not to finish his homework in this case because another worthy activity called out for his time. Or I can tell the story of a person who gave in to laziness, was irresponsible in not finishing his homework, and has learned from this mistake. Any of those stories bear some connection with what happened, though they are widely varied in perspective interpretation and would carry markedly different ramifications in my own understanding of myself. But if I instead tell the story of a bad dog who ate my homework, the homework that I finished, or many interpretations of reality and entered the realm of lying. The fiction that I have introduced is not acknowledged as fiction and is not meant to illustrate a deeper truth, but rather intended to cover up the clearly evident truth.
Let me provide a couple much more serious examples. May 25th, 2020, Minneapolis. Evening, shortly after 8 p.m., officers from the Minneapolis Police Department responded to the 3700 block of Chicago Avenue South on a report of a forgery in progress. Officers were advised that the suspect was sitting on top of a blue car and appeared to be under the influence. Officers arrived and located the suspect, a male believed to be in his 40s, stepped from his car. After he got out, he physically resisted officers. Officers were able to get the suspect into handcuffs and noted he appeared to be suffering medical distress. Officers called for an ambulance. He was transported to Hennepin County Medical Center by ambulance where he died later. That is a story about what happened the night that George Floyd was murdered. That was the initial police report. A police report would certainly be categorized as a non-fiction account, and yet, thanks to the video recorded by Darnella Frazier, we know that for what it left out as much as what it included, it was not a true account. The jury in the Derek Chauvin trial decided, too, that it was not a true account. You see, there are stories that seek to move us closer to the truth, fiction and nonfiction, and there are stories that are designed to obscure, distract, or redirect us from finding truth, both fiction and nonfiction, either by what they include or what they do not include, or both. Rick Santorum. In a speech at the Young America Foundation Summit, if other countries, Greece and China and Turkey and places like that, they've all sort of changed over time. I mean, they've been there for millennia in many cases, and their culture has sort of evolved over time, but not us. We came here and created a blank slate. We birthed a nation from nothing. I mean, there was nothing here. I mean, yes, we have Native Americans, but candidly, that there isn't much Native American culture in American culture. It was born of the people who came here pursuing religious liberty to practice their faith. That is a story about this country. Now, he had a relatively short time to tell a story about this country, and this is the story that he chose. Think about what is not there as well as what is. A blank slate, this land. We birthed a nation from nothing. And no mention that we built this nation, we... 
This nation was built on stolen land with stolen people. No mention of attempted genocide and slavery. And what I found myself wondering as I heard this replayed is, who are we? We came here and created a blank slate. We birthed a nation from nothing. And I mentioned this not to attack individual, but to recognize this as precisely one of the stories into which I was born. Thank God these stories are being deconstructed. Thank God more and more stories are being heard. There is never only one story. Some stories are pointed toward discovering truth, and others are specifically meant to obscure truth. Storytelling is powerful and not inherently good or bad. It's simply power. And one of the reasons we talk about stories here and how our stories are created and the almost limitless possibilities of reviewing, renewing, revising, and transforming our stories is precisely so we can be mindful about the process, our intentions, and our purpose. It is part of nurturing spiritual growth. It allows for many stories among individuals and within individuals, but it requires a rigorous honesty and a deep humility. Sometimes viewing my story from a different perspective allows me a new understanding of my own actions and the actions of others and unlocks reservoirs of compassion that I have not realized were even available within me. And sometimes I find myself weaving a story so as to justify something that I am unsure of, to blame others for something that is my responsibility, weaving a narrative not to journey toward what is true, but from it. Storytelling is powerful, yes, which means it must be grounded in what is real, even the most far-flung fantasies grounded in what is real and pointed toward what is true. And in telling stories, I must be humble enough to know that whatever story I am telling is but a story among many stories. And we should remember that we are not only creators of stories, but we are created by stories. We need to be fearless in investigating the stories into which we were born. Israeli writer Amos Oz writes, A society in crisis teaches itself to congeal into one story only and sees reality through very narrow glasses. But there is never only one story. Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie warns of the dangers of a single story and says that it is impossible to talk about the single story without talking about power. Sometimes stories are told in order to connect ourselves with others and with their stories. Sometimes stories are told and repeated over and over in order to silence all other stories. 
We are a community of stories. The free and responsible search for truth and meaning affirmed in our principles is all about the stories we create and the responsibility we bear to ground our stories in what is deeply to the stories of others. Our lives become stories and stories shape our lives. We display our stories in the ways in which we respond to one another and to life itself. The sorrows that have broken our hearts, the injustices that aroused our righteous anger, the embarrassments we survived, the mistakes we've made, the lessons we've we've helped to nourish in the vast interconnected network of our stories. These come out in our everyday actions. It is important to be aware of our stories as we strive to know ourselves better. It is important to listen to one another's stories as we strive to understand one another more deeply. It is important to realize that we are not simply creatures responding to the stimuli of the world. We are creators, artists, writers, writing a new page every day in the story of our lives. When we tell our stories from deep inside and we listen with an open mind and we hear our voices in each other's words, then our heart is in a holy place. 